What's up, Familia? We are here to discuss the final issue of Jean Grey Issue 4, and in order to do so, I had to bring in my fellow Jean Grey BFF, Scotty Sun, back on the podcast. Risen from the ashes, everyone. I have returned. <laughs> I have missed you so much. How are you? I'm good. It The feeling is very, very mutual. No, I... Thank you so much for, for having me back. I I am so grateful. I found the collab shirt we did the other day because we're, we're moving some stuff from our Miami place to the New York place. And the Doug Ramsey you did, and then the oh, Jean yeah. Grey shirt as well. You sent that to me like early on in our friendship. And those are going straight to New York so I can wear them. Are you wearing the Jean Grey one right now? Well, I'm wearing... One yeah, that that's I, the one I made. you sent me. Oh that yeah, one. well you have that. It's yeah, in blue. Yeah. I think you got the one yeah. in blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to be talking about our, our God Queen, so I have to represent, of course. <laughs> okay, listen, we can catch up another time. We have to dive into issue four because I have such crazy feels about it, and I want to know where do you land on the series? Where do you land on this? Like, what are your general thoughts? Where are you at now? I mean. I mean, it's it's Jean Grey, so of course. I mean, I, I'm I'm all in, and uh, and I'm always the most biased when it comes to her. I mean, that's not a, a surprise to anyone that knows me. Uh, I mean, I, I've got you know ups and downs, you know, with it. I mean, is it a perfect series? No, it's not. Um, I mean, there are some things that, especially with this uh, recent issue, that kind of you know had me kind of scooby-dooing huh? <laughs> with it. Um, no, but I mean, overall, I mean, I, I, I found it to be uh, a very solid uh, mi- uh, miniseries uh, and honestly just intrigued to see how this plays out in Mortal X-Men, which I do appreciate that, you know, connectedness because at first seeing her appear and, it, and it's kind of funny and I, and I kind of question, so I, I can't remember the issue number. I, ne- I think what was it, like 15 or 14 or when you see apocalypse with her in the chain and with that feral wolverine but it's funny and i was like wait wait a minute why is she dressed as phoenix and then the next one she's back in her uh regular uh uniform again it's like they never touch upon that i i agree so i mean listen we we are a generation of readers where the art was inconsistent from the end of one issue to the next so i just figured editorial mishap you know but I, I don't know if that was supposed to play into the story. I'm happy to see how Immortal X-Men goes, but I agree. Like at the end of yeah. that issue of Immortal X-Men, there's Jean in chains in her Phoenix costume, and then she's right. in her default uniform in the next. But I don't also know how that works because Jean's body is supposed to be a skeleton on, you know, at the Hellfire Gala. So <laughs> how does she have a body? in the white hot room right now when she, her consciousness is also in that white hot room? I don't get I it. Mean- I mean, I guess she was there just waiting for herself to arrive. <laughs> have you, wait, did you ever, have you listened to our interview with Phoenix Force Creations? He, Mike, has a theory that there is always a Jean Grey in the white hot room that's waiting for I, herself to arrive. And I, I, Jeff's kiss. No, I agree with that. And that's, and that's kind of where my thought was going that, that this is just her, um, her, you know, version of herself in, in this in the white hot room um possibly doing what she what she does when she ascends to that existence i know that was always a big question is what does she do when she dies and she ascends to the white hot room 
what work does she accomplish and what does she do to eventually bring herself back uh, into the, uh, the corporeal world, the land of the living once again. And I don't know, maybe this is kind of a bit of a, a facet of it so, somewhat yeah. kind of just going through different stages, figure out, okay, so this happened. Uh, I need to focus on maybe not doing it like this. And then, you know, yada, yada. I, I kind of wish that we would get a, a series. If I'd be at a mini series where it focuses more on that aspect, uh, Jean's journey traversing through the white hot room. And what does she do as, you know, the Phoenix, what does she burn away? What does she reset? It's, you know, I, yeah. So it's, I mean, you can go into another gene saga, so to speak, with that. I mean, it's just—I mean, it's—it's it's endless. Um, but no, I mean, I, I completely agree with that theory, and I think that yeah, this is just a the white hot gene, uh, you know, occupying that space, and that her body is just the spirit, for if you will, uh, waiting to be reborn. I love this metaphysical conversation. This is why I love our God Queen so much. I, I want to pull on the some of the threads you were talking about because I agree with you. I love the idea of having a series where we follow Jean in the White Hot Room and sort of her duties and her responsibilities as a Phoenix of the White Crown. I was hoping that's what this series was going to be. And, and that's something I was talking to our friend on X, Twitter, whatever it's called, Jean Red Gray. And, and I think some of my frustrations with this series isn't that it's not well-written, isn't so much this what-if approach or that there's no substance here that Louis Simonson has sort of planted for our God Queen. It's more of just like a disappointment that this was sort of a, a retelling of her origin and more of an earnest look at her feeling guilty at what happened at the Hellfire Gala when I'm ready to see what was she doing in the White Hot Room at the end of Here Comes Tomorrow? Does she remember right. her time as White Phoenix? Why hasn't it been brought up that she pushed Scott to be with Emma. The Emma right. Frost and Scott Summers relationship works and has thrived because Jean knew she had to sacrifice her heart in order to save the universe. It's a beautiful story. So no. why? Wait, I, I just want answers for it now. <laughs> I don't I don't need to see Jean rebonding with the Phoenix. I don't need to see Jean being like, oh, I feel guilty for what happened at the Hellfire Gala. I also don't understand, and maybe you can answer this for me how this series is tackling that guilt because all the scenarios gene has played out here i don't see it in any way shape or form contributing to avoiding what happened at the hellfire gala right and i, I said this in issue one i think it should have been her thinking okay i'm gonna let my teen self remember the the the, the present so that way she can read xavier find out about krakoa and make herself stronger as a nation i thought issue two mm -hmm. was going to be about her being like oh i was focusing too much on my relationships with with logan and scott and i thought issue three would have been her thinking she should have trained maddie stronger so that way two gene grays on krakoa is better than one but none of it it, it, it I, I don't understand any of it uh, as to that main premise of why does she build all these other scenarios I, I think it Sorry. plays up to that goal. <laughs> You're like, holy <laughs> shit. I'll see you again in two years. Goodbye. <laughs> You're like, goodbye. No, no. But this is what but this is what I love about it because this these are these are the, the questions that we need to ask ourselves. And you know, it's I, I know they, they weren't trying to build this miniseries as this is not a, a Jean Grey what if, but yet it, it does kind of feel and fall into that uh category 
uh, so to speak. Um, but I think it also just kind of goes down to the, the question or the uh, theory that every decision that we don't make, we've created an alternate uh, reality where we did make that decision, even though we don't see the results of it. But in Jean's case, she does because she's now altering these events, if ever even so slightly, that's causing the events that happened in those, uh, you know, respected issues, you know, like you said, talking about teen gene. Okay. Well, let me, uh, not erase our memories, uh, and then get us prepared for, you know, this and that. And, and you see how well that went down. Uh, same thing, you know, what if she allowed a Wolverine to pilot the shuttle, you know, how'd that go? Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, the pro of that one was, is that she got to know him a little bit better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but she, the six one six gene knows him better. Yeah, you, you know, right. in, in, in universe, Gene, th this gene knows Wolverine is very intimate with Wolverine. So right. what was saying, and and I thought that issue would have been interesting if we would have seen what makes these three work as a thruple, because it, it, it's been alluded to for such a long time that they're in a thruple. It's never really been confirmed in story, mm -hmm. but it's the innuendos are certainly there. Yeah. Why? Why do they work now as a thruple? I would have liked to have seen some of that. And again, I think Gene should have felt guilty. Like, man, I my 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 take would have been Gene is back to life. She just went through everything in X Men Red. She's on Krakoa now. It's a mutant paradise. She can sigh. She can have fun with Cyclops and Wolverine. And she felt guilty for that because she wasn't training herself to be stronger. She wasn't training herself to be more prepared for something like Nimrod coming. You know, mm -hmm. that to me is like that. There's your story for why you feel guilty. So that's my main grievance with the series. It's just I wanted more answers to the Phoenix mythos. I don't see how the scenarios that Jean played out overall would have helped her avoid, you know, the Krakoan massacre. That being said, though. I really did like this issue. I thought this issue, there was a lot of interesting little nuggets there. And one of them, to to pull again on the thread that you were talking about, were, were these universes that Jean was creating. Like, Jean created these universes on her own, mm -hmm. presumably without the Phoenix present. Right. She created them. Yep. That's, that is God, Queen level. And again, we've, we've theorized Louis Simonson is heavily inspired by Here Comes Tomorrow, with Jean being able to create and amputate timelines. But then it's like, but then where was the, I mean, why wasn't that really kind of referenced upon a little bit, you know, because even go back to uh, end song, there was a reference to here comes tomorrow where she's talking about the, the bug people right? yeah. for Wolverine's like, she's about to pop, you know, <laughs> and she referenced, you know, the here little bug people. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Here, right, come, right. here I come tomorrow. Yes. Um, let me go ahead and let's, let's go back to the whole throuple uh, thing real quick. Uh, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I was never, I'm not really kind of a, was never really big into that whole thing. I mean, unless you want to throw in Emma, then you have like, you know, a forple there, you know, whatnot. <laughs> wait, okay. wait, did I you think... watch Riverdale? No. Okay. They I... call, they call them the quad on Riverdale. Quad. So quad, oh, a quad. Okay. I'm sorry. Terrible. Sorry. You know, <laughs> let's, go. let's get the quad together, guys. <laughs> go, go. Um, no. Okay. I think Jean is honestly a very kinky gal. <laughs> And the reason why I say that is, and why I don't really, you know, you know, get on top, get on the tr uh, thruple train there. It's like, I think that girl likes to watch. Have you ever <laughs> watched that? I mean, look, you've got, you got Scott Summers, you've got Wolverine. They've got this kind of intense, you know, you know, just 
man beef kind of not hatred but th this dislike that's so hot that you know eventually they're going to come together and they're going to create their own you know phoenix force if you will that's going to burn away you know, everything and blah 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 and fire and passion and oh our sexuality is incarnate now and forever um i if you ever watched the show uh sensei uh um, not you go well you should it's good <laughs> but there's these there's this character named Leto who is gay, um, but he's a closet uh, gay character. <laughs> Spoiler if you, got, if you haven't seen it. Um, but he has, he has a boyfriend named Hernando who uh, is a professor at a, at a college, but they have a, a friend uh, named Danny. And so she likes to, she gets off on watching them get busy. So that's kind of how I can see that kind of relationship. Like, okay, Scott, all right, Logan, you guys have at it. I'm just going to just stand here and, uh, <laughs> not, not film <laughs> but was it morrison who said this and i think they said this when they were writing new x-men that gene was kinkier than emma and that's a I'll really hard it. that's such a hard thing for a lot of other gene and emma and x-men readers to metabolize but i think what morrison was trying to allude to was that emma is a character who is wearing that that those very provocative outfits because mm -hmm. she's doing that on purpose. It's tactful to have men distract her so she could be doing, you know, servicing her own agenda. And Emma, for all her flaws, though, has a lot of heart, is a very good, you know, vanilla character. She just wants to be with oh, Scott yeah. Summers. She wants to be in a monogamous right. relationship. Jean, however, is the one who wears a sexy corset at the Hellfire Gala, runs around, goes dark. Her more, you know, she 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 will consume an entire galaxy. And I really like that idea with, with that dichotomy of Jean and Emma, that people on the mm -hmm. surface, you would think Emma's a kinkier one, but no, actually, Jean is a kinkier one. So I don't disagree with that at all. And I don't oh, yeah. disagree that maybe she's they're in a throuple because Gene wants Cyclops and Wolverine together, you know, like I, I don't doubt that, but why are we, here's my thing. Why are we doing the work for the writers? This, this is where the Gene Gray series <laughs> should have tackled that. No. This is where Hickman should have tackled that. I, I think I'm, I'm probably it's because I'm going to be turning 40 in a couple of weeks and I've been reading these books oh. for three decades. I know you would <laughs> never tell cause I have a great dermatologist, but, um, <laughs> As you do, do look you. you look, I mean, we, we've talked about that endlessly, how handsome and great you look, but, oh, um, <laughs> but I don't understand why the, the, these issues aren't being tackled and in three decades of being a reader, I don't want to piece together things for right. in the background. I want you just tell me what you're trying to say in the story and let me decipher that because all it does is end in very angry fights on message boards. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I wonder too how much did editorial have a kind of play into, you know, the story too. I mean, what I mean, I I I, I don't know. I mean, I obviously I'm not a writer, so I, I can't I can't speak on that. Uh, but I'm sure sometimes they're gonna there are certain maybe possibly interference that says, okay, well we can do this, but don't don't do that. Don't you know um, you know push this or don't say this or say that. You know, but but let's go ahead and kind of maybe tease it here a little bit and kind of. Um, uh, throw a little bit of this in here and give it a little bit of a sprinkle and zest without yeah. going you know there all the way. No, I mean I, I I agree. I mean it's just because honestly we 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 have that we have seen these stories before. This isn't the first time where it's you know kind of tackled you know these what ifs and uh, I mean kind of um, 
we kind of saw a little bit of it in, you know, Phoenix resurrection, uh, you know, too, is just like, and I mean, even, and as, as much as I, you know, love, really like that series because I mean, it brought, you know, our girl back, it still left me with questions like, okay, so with how end song ended, how does this, where did this story go? How did she was did looking get- for pieces? That's right. I did not make up so, this story. This is published stories out there. Why, why don't they tackle it? Yeah. Sorry. And that's the thing is like, how did she get here from there? What happened in between? Yeah, it's just, it's just, and there's no mention. They don't even, you know, bring it up about the last time they had this encounter, you know, with her. Um, and then it's just kind of like with this series, I mean, I, they kind of, I mean, you do get a little bit of uh, Phoenix resurrection in here, especially with some of the panels with how it's drawn, um, and we can you know talk about that you know later. Um, but it's just yeah, the bigger picture is it's it's just it's it's so hard to really kind of surmise you know not being in that position. But I, my thing is maybe they just maybe Louise Simpson just wasn't able to really tell the full story that she wanted to tell. Maybe kind of how Claremont. I have wanted. I have no idea on that. Yeah, Before, it's, it's yeah. For folks at home, Jean, at the end of Phoenix End Song, said she was going back into the White Hot Room to find all of her pieces. We know mm-hmm. in Phoenix War Song, there is a blink and you miss a cameo of our God Queen at her grave that, that's telling the cuckoos, not soon, yet we will be hatching. And then we know several pieces of the Phoenix start going missing from their hosts throughout the yep. utopian Messiah Complex era. You know, the idea was that I think at the time editorial wanted to tie questions to Gene's return with Hope Summers. We all know how that sort of ended. Mm-hmm. But even in AVX, when it was firmly decided that Gene was not going to be Hope or Hope was not Gene reborn, Gene appears to Cyclops in two instances, one in the AVX actual series and then in the Uncanny X-Men. Uh, AVX tie-in where he goes to the white hot room and he hears a voice that tells it tells him to tell Logan that she loves the name of the school. So when we get something like Phoenix Resurrection and X-Men Red and we're told that Jean was just dead during this era, it's like, why, why can't we just tackle that already? Especially here in Louis right. Simonson. And like, maybe I guess Jean is surrounded by all these different versions of herself, but I wish she would have called them pieces for sake of continuity. And I know Louise Simonson said that she was playing catch up reading when she was pitching the series. She was sort of going back and reading everything that has been published with Gene. So maybe she just did not have time to metabolize these stories. But, you know, I, I, this is as close as a behind the scenes Gene in the white hot room that we're going to get. And we just know that Gene has done more in the white hot room. And so in that regard, it, it's what disappointed me. But the art, though. The art is gorgeous. And yes, there are callbacks to Phoenix Resurrection. I mean, Bernard Chang, holy frack. I mean, this to me, it's like, if you're going to buy this issue, if if you're going to, the series, and you're going to have any qualms with it, that's fine. The one thing you can have a qualm with is the art. This art is, I mean, look at this. This is- Oh, I know. It is absolutely breathtaking. I mean, just the vibrant colors and just the details. And I, I, I love- with the the emotion that he you know you know draws on her face when you know faced with these kind of bigger questions and uh the end result and then this confrontation that she kind of has we'll just say pieces of herself um that uh are confronting her really hardcore here um 
no, it was just, oh, the art was just absolutely amazing. And yeah, I, I really look forward to seeing other, other works that he does hopefully within the, uh, the X line. So to, to pull on that thread of Phoenix resurrection, Jean is holding the Phoenix in this issue. And she goes, why didn't you yeah. come to me? And the Phoenix yes. is like, Oh, I'm dead too, right here in the Nexus in the White Heart Room. When did Phoenix die? I was asking someone this. I think it was Gene Red Gray, because Phoenix was with Echo. And I know Echo has lost to Phoenix. Someone mentioned that in comments. So I read the issue. I skimmed the issue very, very transparently. So I, I skimmed it. But I didn't take it that Phoenix died. Why is the Phoenix? I, I, I will take the word of the writer and editorial that Phoenix is dead. But for me, it was just curious that Phoenix was in there, especially since. After AVX, Phoenix exploded across the globe and then was okay, like in the next panel. You know what I mean? Like, well, not the next panel, but a couple issues later, the Phoenix was was fine. Well, I think with this, and I and I and I and I kind of and I have it pull up on my my phone here too. That very uh, scene that you're talking about, I, obviously with the mythology of the Phoenix, is that it. I mean, when it dies, it's always reborn, and I think that's kind of a bit of a play here. But if you. Think about it though, uh, when she says, "Well, why why didn't you come to me?" And then it says, "How could I? I'm as dead now as you are." I what oh. I took from that is this cements that they are truly one and the same. And just to kind of you know uh, phrase here or read re here where it says, "Like you, I exist only here in nexus between all Phoenix hosts." and our eternal flame. This is the Phoenix Force uh, talking. And it continues to say, I'm bits and pieces inactive. The white hot room is the heart of the Phoenix, and it is broken. Where did Jean get stabbed? In her right heart. In her heart. Oh. And that right side. there. And that is what I took from that. When Moira went up from behind her and stabbed her in the back through her chest, right into her heart, to me, that's I. That's what I took. What the Phoenix is saying, our heart, our heart is broken, and this is their time to come together to heal, be reborn from that. However, that's going to happen in the pages of Immortal X Men. I love that. I listen. This is why I love having conversations as a community <laughs> because it helps me see things that I don't see. Because I'm just here, like, where did Phoenix die? And it's like, no. By Louise Simonson's interpretation here, the Phoenix and Jean are one in the same. And right. I know she has said in interviews that is the is the Phoenix something that Jean created, um, or is it a separate being? And I think here it's it's a very compelling argument that she created the Phoenix. So I love that. The, the one thing I, I want to get your opinion on then, because this bothered me as well, was Madeline you know, sort of saying, oh, I'm not real in this in this issue, but also that Madeline is part of Jean's soul. I, I don't know how I feel about that because I, I don't know if that's a byproduct of just the generation of writers that Louise Simonson finds herself in that maybe clones are just never fully real. They're just a byproduct of the, the original because I feel the conversation we have now is that clones are very much their own individuals with their own souls. And I love that. But Madeline is very present here within Jean's soul. I think it's a compelling argument here that Jean and Maddie are one and the same. And unfortunately, because of that, I can't argue for for Nate and Maddie. But it's still very... <laughs> You're like, I'm done with you. You're like, I'm so done. Like, you have to stop. But I, 
I don't know how I feel about that. I don't. I, I. I do know I don't like that Maddie has the line "I'm not real" or "I've never been real" or something like. That. I don't like that line mm-hmm. by any means. But I'm okay with Gene and Maddie sharing a soul. I don't think I'm as turned off by that as I initially thought. I think with that, where that line stems from is is this is just the version of Madeline from the Inferno series where. She, at that time, when it was revealed to her that she was a clone of of Jean, that in her mind, well, I'm not a real girl because I'm just another version of somebody else. So I think this is just kind of an echo of that very sentiment because clearly, and and, and I and I look, I I absolutely love Madeline Pryor. I always I rooted for her, and I always thought she always just got the really the the shit end of the stick uh with everything it's because it's just she she got dealt a a bad hand with everything and it's it's not her fault it's not gene's fault uh i mean i don't cyclops i mean the common denominator with all that was sinister he's the one i agree that is what i i love you so much i agree i'm sorry to interrupt you because i agree i think cyclops was being stalked by sinister as a kid he was being manipulated sinister created a clone just to breed with Cyclops and Madeline is now traumatized. Um, Jean had her sample, her genetic samples taken away from her without any consent. So the common denominator here is sinister who fucked all these people up and manipulated them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if anything, if anyone should be getting vengeance upon them, it should be him. And that's why I'm always like, why was he even on Krakoa at all? Uh, part of the quiet council when he especially when you have gene and uh there and cyclops being one of the war captains you know being a presence uh you know among there it's just i i i never really understood i mean i know sinister he has his fan base and i'm gonna be honest i, I do miss sinister mr sinister you know that you know very uh kind of scary and uh very um but i mean I, own that's neither here or there but you know back to to madeline i just think that was just really an echo version of her time when she uh when she became the goblin queen during the inferno era because that's fair that's fair at, at, at the yeah at the, at the end of the day yes i mean i agree i mean madeline is her own person i mean she is really shining now in the dark x-men series and i, and I hope that it, it continues to do so because she needs to get away from this trope of you no know, i i can't stand gene i can't stand cyclops Reed, you know a death Reed. to them both and it's just it's a it's an old it's tired story it's played out i'm, I'm glad that at least with dark web we, we had that re- reconciliation if you will between both gene and madeline Agreed. and i and, and i would love to actually have at least some point where you know you have gene and madeline together again and someone says to them are you two sisters and then Gene looks at her and says, yes, you know, we are. I and because, that, I mean, yeah. that eventually, because if you think about it, I mean, yeah, they, they really are. They're, I mean, yes, Madeline Pryor is a clone. She is genetically another Gene Grey with a different name. But she has metamorphed herself into her own person. She's always been her own person. She has, you know, her own mind, her own, you know, personality. It's, you know, her life. Uh, even though it's as tragic as it is, but now she's rebuilding it again. And so, and I, and I'm just going back to our justice for Madeline uh, episode that we did years ago. Um, I can't believe it's been years. That's I, so I, wild I to me. I know, but I, yeah, but that scene, I, I just took it as an echo because that's how Madeline felt and that she just never, even at the, uh, end the uh, last, uh, the, um, I think it was, was it, was it issue four of Hellions? 
she even says to have as she was dying, I just wanted everyone to know I was a real girl. And, and I think she always had that doubt in the mind that she that she wasn't. But we all know she is. Well, I, I, I'm reading some issues of rereading some issues of X-Man. And it's when Strife comes in around like the like the 40s or 50s of the series, the issues. And the 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 idea that these clones aren't real was something that was really big back then. I, I didn't mm -hmm. understand it until now, because, again, I had always kind of seen them as our own. But I think this is why a character like Madeline, why there's so much passion with Madeline, with Jean, because I think the conversations we're having right now about what constitutes a, a real person, a soul. We, we're getting into like questions of, you know, spirituality. And I think Madeline is a wonderful conduit for that. And I'm always so shocked when people are like, people from Marvel are like, oh, I didn't know Madeline was so popular. I'm like, have you ever been on a message board? <laughs> right. like, exactly. Have oh you God, not seen these the debates? The loved characters. I know. I, I, I'll never forget when someone was like, "Oh, I didn't know she was. She wasn't that popular until we killed her off in Hellions." And I was like, "No, she's what? she's she's always been popular. I don't know where you're going with that. She may not have been handled well, but she certainly has a very vocal, passionate fan base." Oh yeah, and I think it's just because we because you feel such empathy for her character because you know her situation was just such a shitty one. It was beyond her control, and how could you not uh, be upset? And get and get angry about that. I mean, how would you feel? Well, she's justified. She's justified right. in her anger. We know. I of agree course. with you. In today's world, we've had thirty years of Madeline Pryor being angry at Cyclops and Jean. It's time to move move her past this story. But mm -hmm. the story, she is one hundred percent in the right to be. Oh, angry absolutely. And 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 justified. I mean, it's just. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those, you know, kind of put yourself in, you know, their shoes for a minute. How would you feel when you, if you woke up one day and discovered that you're a clone of somebody else and that you were only created for a specific purpose? And then once that purpose was made, they tried to take you out because yeah. you're not now not worth anything anymore. You're you're just nothing but a Xerox copy to them, and that needs to be put into the shredder. It, yeah. it's, it's 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 just Boils such a, blood. it's just it's a, such an inhuman thing to do to somebody, and that's why, and I and I hate it, and I always call that Krakoa's hypocrisy here about at the time when they were against resurrecting clones um, and considering them, well, we can't have two of the same person here. Well, it's like, they're not really They're They're identical. Yes. Genetically, but personality wise, they're not the same. And that's why I always, and I loved so much when Jean says, that's why I always push the council to, that's why I push them to resurrect you. I even loved it when Emma even met, said it to Havoc, that she went to them and said, hey, bring bring her back. Uh, and which I actually want to see more. I want to see a Madeline and Emma. Um, yeah. Kind of you know, we've, we've never, never really got it. We've never seen them interact with each well, other. I think we only got it during very briefly during that utopian fraction era mm -hmm. when we did Sisterhood. And it was not, not even not, significant. Well, not even really that. I mean, that cover that, that that was where you see like them with their hands on each other, but you never really had them interact at all. I mean, because um, I mean, what was it? She, well, that, I mean, that, that story was just kind of in my it was kind of out there a little bit. I mean, I was glad to see Madeline, you know, come back. I'm just, and I was just pissed off that she didn't stick around afterwards, but it's like, okay, you bring her back for this many issues and then, oh, okay, we're, but, we're done with her. But then that also, the story has never made sense to me because yeah. why, why would Madeline know that Wolverine has a locket of Jean's hair? 
right but wouldn't know exactly. that gene is buried in the mansion <laughs> like girl, it's called dead. find find a grave.com you know what i mean <laughs> like and, and then but and then gene comes to emma and you know breaks the breaks her psychic hold and that's never really addressed again it, it just and and no. why is emma why, why is maddie as a evil spirit why, when she goes into Jean's body, why is she worse off than she was before? I don't, it never made any sense to me. Like, why wouldn't she be like, oh, this isn't Jean Grey? Whoops, hopping out of that body and recorporalizing. Oh, I, yeah. Doesn't make exactly. any sense. I mean, if they swapped it with just like a regular, you know, random redheaded human's yeah. body, I mean, it, yeah, as powerful as she is, she couldn't just extract herself out of it yeah. and be like, okay, nice try. Nice try. Um, haha. But uh, you meddling kids, and I would have gotten away with it too. <laughs> yeah, and just go, you know? ha, 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 I'll be back, and like go off into right. the night. Ex exactly. So that, yeah, that was just kind of, I don't know. I never really got that. But um, okay, I, I see what you're saying for, for being focused on this issue. I yeah. see what you're saying that this is more of who she was back then, echoing right. that. But again, I guess in, in my head, Canon, I sort of saw this as like our Madeline, you know, because our Madeline, like, present tense Madeline because her soul is part of Jean. But that would make sense that our Madeline is still alive. If that makes but again, this it's all wonderful conversation. I do like the ending where Jean is holding the Phoenix and she's here mm -hmm. like, whatever happens, we're going to do this together. So we can, yeah. we're led to assume that Jean and the Phoenix are now rebonded. And I guess that was the purpose of the <clears> series <throat> to show that Jean and the Phoenix are, are officially being rebonded following the events of Phoenix resurrection where she had mm -hmm. sent the Phoenix away. I think it's one of those moments where it's kind of like, well, maybe this breakup really wasn't uh, in the best interest for us both. And now it's, uh, you know, time to get us back together again. I mean, I understand the reasoning why they wanted to separate, uh, you know, the Phoenix aspect of Jean from her in Resurrection because they wanted her to kind of stand on her own and 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 stand on her own. She did. I mean, she helmed her own X Men team, and I mean, and then if you really think about it, I mean, she's really the one that came up with the idea of wanting to form a, this mutant uh, nation yeah. prior to Krakoa's um, happening. But I think at the same time, it's just one of those things where it's one doesn't work without the other. And I mean, they're so intertwined with each other. Uh, very just kind of this yin yang, you know, focus, you know, Gene is not complete without the Phoenix and the Phoenix is not complete without Gene. Now I attribute uh, their kind of relationship to, and not trying to get too deep into this here. And, um, but to like in the, in the Hindu uh, religion where, you know, after death, the soul uh, leaves the body and it gets recycled until it finds, until it goes back into its true, truest form. And that's how I, I kind of see with, because in the previous issue, Gene says, I accepted the Phoenix. I let the Phoenix t take me and I sent the power to others. And how I attribute to that is in that kind of religion is the Phoenix having gone to Madeline and brought her life, having gone to Rachel, um, the Phoenix Five Echo, to play on to what you said about how they're it's there. She's exercising her will through them, so to speak. And to but eventually, it always comes back to her somehow. Yeah. It's true self. It's heart. Yeah. No. I mean, you just framed it for me. Where where did Moira stab her in the heart? The white hot room. Yeah. The heart. It's it's broken. And I like the idea 
and this was something that was also in in Here Comes Tomorrow and End Song, which is like Gene and the Phoenix are so tightly bonded that the Phoenix is even manifesting itself in Gene's genetics. That's how the beast Sublime was able to clone Phoenix traits into himself. Mm-hmm. And in Phoenix End Song, Gene outwardly says, because you and I are one, and the Phoenix is like, well, this longing I have is here. So whether Gene is accepting that part of her or not, it's always present there. So even if we haven't seen the Phoenix come to Gene in, in the present tense, her being stabbed through the heart, the Phoenix is also dead because they are one in the same. It's mm-hmm. I like that idea quite a bit. And and I want to say because, you know, I've been hard on the series. I think Louise Simonson does have a point of view. I think she can write a really great Gene. I was a little scared that, you know, we have a writer who was very great at shaping gene in the eighties, but sort of coming back like 30 years later, can they, can they mm-hmm. really still write the character in a great way? She can, she can. I'm, I'm sorry to Claremont. I, anytime I, I get a, a modern Claremont book, I'm like, Oh, but, <laughs> but she, she has nailed it. And, and Jean's voice here is fully realized. I wish someone on the editorial team would have given her more of an active story as so much, not so much a passive story. I wish they would have said like, this is a great concept, but let's not put Jean in what if scenarios let's tell like an actual story here, because I think she can write a good action paced story with Jean at the center of it. And I'm curious if Louis Simonson will be returning. I don't know. That, I mean, I'd be all for it. I mean, I just, I think she is a phenomenal writer and I, and I can understand that, yeah, I mean, she wrote such a beautiful Jean Grey during her X Factor years. I mean, that was really one of Jean's highlights of you know, her return back then when she uh, when she came back. Um, and I can understand that. I mean, yeah, she was playing catch up a little bit. And I kind of you know would hope too that somebody in editorial would kind of you know you know kind of be that little bug in her ear and be like, okay, this is what this is what happened. This is what's been going on with her. You know, this and that and. During this time, but at the same time too, I mean, Gene has been was considered you know dead um, from what two thousand four to two thousand eighteen. Uh, like so I, I mean, think seventeen kinda... is. We're such nerds. Wait, but I well, think it was December seventeenth when Phoenix well, Resurrection One came out. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But she didn't really come back until like what January of that yeah uh, two thousand eighteen, and then February God, we're such when she nerds. Been red. I, I know. It's like, I love it. <laughs> Cataloging her own, you know, brains here. Uh, I mean, so she kind of had a bit of that, you know, time to where you know, Jean. I mean, she still had a presence, but I mean, she wasn't physically, you know, around then, unfortunately. Well, Although, they I mean, had Jean in present Age of Apocalypse. Jean, Teen Jean, yeah, was Hope Jean. You had three. You had three scenarios where Jean was always around in some way, shape, or form. Well, I mean, and kind of speaking of hope, though, I mean, it's just yes. I still think there's just that connection right there between them because it's just I, I and and you're and you're right, yeah. Editorially, hope was supposed to have been Gene reborn, and I mean, I've got my differences, you know, different opinions, and I'm fifty fifty with AVX. I don't think it was a terrible story, but I don't think it was like the the best one either. But that would have been such a perfect vessel for Gene to have come back, especially that very end. Well, second coming. Do you remember yeah. that scene where she bursts into the Phoenix and then yep. she hope looks at Cyclops, Cyclops looks at her, Emma and Wolverine go running and Wolverine's like, no, Emma, this is our fight now. And Emma bows her head and says, I know that is but, for me. That's beautiful. Yes. And, and, and it's fun. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that's kind of how this happens 
yeah. in this book. Because what if Jean from the White Hat Room, she obviously understands who Hope is and what her power set is. What if she from there reached out to her then and said, here, let me uh, let me pass on Perfect. my ability to you. Perfect. For this. I love that yeah. interpretation. Yes. And by, and, yeah. and by the way, uh, for the family at home, Hope has a major play in or a major moment in this issue where she turns into what, like a warrior phoenix? What What's it yeah. called? But yeah, she looks she, so um... badass. I have to tell you, I was never a big Hope Summers fan. I used to call her Baby Spalding. I, am, I, I wasn't either <laughs> in the Krakoan age. I like her so much. I really, I think they're doing yeah. such a wonderful job with, with baby Spalding in the Krakoan <laughs> age, but yeah, I, I guess this is going to be picked up in immortal X-Men, but Gene touches, touches hope and hope becomes a hope wings of the f- wings of fire, Phoenix fire blinding. I, I love this. And she's kind of, she looks like an archangel and maybe that's what hope is an exactly. archangel for the phoenix if you think of phoenix as like a deity as a god hope mm-hmm. is the archangel and i love it love it i, I mean, mean she's she's even got the flaming sword right and i think even apocalypse in a previous issue has had mentioned something about uh, a fiery a fiery sword i i can't remember exactly where i i, I think it was oh, an x-men red part. issue yeah. um but i mean yeah you've got exodus right there so i mean there's obviously you know religious kind of talk right there no, I mean, I, I love that scene, too. I mean, you see Jean, you know, kind of passing on her, you know, power to herself and then allowing Hope to mimic, which then or you can clarify right there, that's this um, embodiment of Jean that's kind of in this kind of delirium type state. Because when Hope went to read or when Hope and Nexus saw Jean kind of out there in this kind of state, she even says, you know, she's delirious. Um, but now you see. That and I think this is going to be the body that Jean is going to be reborn from, and now Jean has kind of passed the phoenix to herself that allows mm-hmm. Hope to mimic, you know, that ability now, and we'll see what happens in the uh, the next issue of Immortal uh, Immortal X Men that comes out next week. Um, but it's uh, but it's going to be another Jean centric issue because I mean she's featured on the cover and other versions of her in the background. I mean you even see like an ultimate the ultimate version of her, you know, in, in the bottom corner. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I am... mean it's. Just, First of all, so I love this idea that Gene, even in the white hot room back in, during the Messiah era, was the one <clears> reaching <throat> out to Hope, and Hope was able to mimic her powers to the Phoenix, and that's why oh, Hope yeah. has that. I, I have to tell you, I, I I think I was talking to you about this. I The first read I had of this issue, I loved it. The second read, I hated it. The third read, I was okay with it. This conversation with you, I'm like, okay, there was a lot planted here. I, mm-hmm. Not a lot of answers, but certainly... A little, little bit more pieces to the larger Phoenix mysteries, the the divine Phoenix mysteries. So I could be happy with it, but I I think this, and I said this with um, Judgment Day, the Phoenix Spotlight. I'm done with them regurgitating plot points we already know with Gina and the Phoenix. I just want the story to be propelled forward. It's kind of hard oh. because we are readers of the Morrison Phoenix End Song era, where we got the Phoenix mythos very much evolved. And this is sort of going back a little bit, or it's I, not even just going back. It's just not taking the story anywhere new, or we're not getting answers to what we got before. But I think this, on its own merit, is really good. I I, I think this issue is good. I I I just want the next series to really focus on what 
this means with Gina and Phoenix. I want them to tackle Gina in the white hot room during, during those years she was dead. I want to tackle Gene pushing Scott to be with Emma. That to me is such a huge plot point. And I remember mm-hmm. during ABX, we were all like, Oh, Phoenix is with Scott and Emma. They're going to have access to the, you know, the higher Phoenix consciousness. And they're going to know that Gene, I, I think that drama writes itself though. And that would be yeah, a wonderful no. thing to have like Scott and Emma look at each other and be like, are we only together? Because Gene willed it so. And Cyclops could look at Emma and be like, no, I whether she did or not, I love you. You know what I mean? Like these are powerful stories right. that you could tell. You don't have to ignore it, embrace it. It, it is quite frustrating to see these missed opportunities that, you know, you know, like people like us, these fans that can come up with. And I mean, look, and I'm not, you know, one to sit there and say, well, I can come up with a better story. I mean, they're not the ones paying me here. But I mean, hey, but you have these great ideas. And and I completely agree. You know, I and I always and I try to not do this, but you know, and do it, I know do it, do it. You, where was the locket, your... Mike? Where was the locket? Where's the locket? Cyclops gave them the locket. Where is it? Gave, gave the hope, yeah, the picture of him and Gene in it. Yeah. Where is it? And let loose. Sorry. Well, that and that's and that's the thing. You know, does hope still have it? I mean, we've not seen it you know, since she came back. She lost, but it. you knew there was always this. But you always knew there was this underlining connection because even when Cable and Hope returned. And hope fine to the you know destroyed X mansion for like the fiftieth millionth time that's blown up or whatever, but she finds a picture of the original X Men, uh, the X Men, and if you notice, I mean, her hand is like a right over Jean's yeah. image, um, and you feel like she's kind of looking at her, um, so to speak. But when it comes to Scott and Emma, I mean, I know I mean, you're you're a shipper of them, and there's so many, and and that's and that's fine. I mean, me. I think we need to see, I would love to see Gene kind of go solo and whatnot, but I I always kind of, but I always put it out there. I said, when you think about it, they're only together because made it. So she pushed them together. Another, you know, sacrifice of her to continue the school to make sure everybody has a good life. She sacrificed her love, her, her greatest love. But that's why I love it. That's why I love them together. That's why I don't understand when Gene fans are so, against scott and emma and 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 of course i get it but it was because gene put aside her own emotions and was able to ascend into godhood and was able to push them together that was gene saying i'm the bigger person here i know what Mm -hmm. needs to be done and like you said there's one word to epitomize gene as a character sacrifice she's always sacrificing herself for the betterment of others and i just think that was a beautiful scene and we can write that that is going to be our next episode <laughs> talking about scott Emma, gene and everything no no i mean because yeah i think about it. i mean no i 100 percent agree i mean she's she's always put her you know put her family her friends you know before herself always being the one to sacrifice her life so there so that they can see another day and that's one of the things that i love about her and really really respect her as a character is that she's willing to do that. I know people, you know, rag on her about her dying all the time, but when her dying is because she's dying for them, it's just not, you know, she, there's a bigger picture here. I mean, she could have easily brought herself back at the end of here comes tomorrow. Yeah. Um, she could have reinserted herself into the but timeline, she, but she had something she didn't. new to do. There was a bigger, there was a bigger mission that she had to go and complete, which is to find the pieces that were shattered from her death. And in doing so to keep, the school going and to keep to make sure no one has that horrible future 
she, yeah, she mentally pushed Scott to accept Emma's offer and then for them to be in a relationship. And yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest Scott and Emma shipper, but I respect it and I get it. And it's, and I don't hate it. And that's why like, I, I just wish that fans can just, just, you can love these two characters. You don't have to hate one character just to build up another. Oh, I mean, I, I that i i like pizza and i love hamburgers you know yeah. what i mean you can love you can love things for very different reasons right and and i think i also think that like again you know with 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 emma and gene i think there's i think it's fun i i do want to say i think it's fun that they have some kind of rivalry and again on the surface you may see emma a certain way and gene the other but there's a lot going on underneath i just think that gene was a bigger person at the end of here comes tomorrow. She, she mm -hmm. had Godhood awaiting her. And right. I believe Morrison wanted to establish the, the green Latin green lantern core, but for Phoenixes. And that's why we right. got that. So Gene was supposed to be that, that was supposed to be a larger story that Marvel mm -hmm. could have taken with them. And they could have like the, the Phoenix police, you know, the green lanterns of the Marvel universe, but they never followed through with it. So, you know, Scott and Emma together, that's why I like them it, it, because again, it, it was, it was born out of a, a, a very of, of sacrifice. And I think there is a lot in Morrison's new X-Men where I was sold on that relationship, but that can be, you know what? I think we're going to have you back on again so we can talk okay. about Scott. And Emma and, <laughs> but so final thoughts on this issue, final thoughts. I, I I'll give it definitely like an eight out of 10. I, I think it was a very beautiful issue. I, I, I mean, of course I'm, like I said before, I'm very biased when it comes to Jean Grey. So, I mean, anything that she's prominently featured and I'm like just all in 100%. Uh, and, I, and it just intrigues me more. And I like, you know, I got to be honest. I like that we don't see her return, return, so to speak, at the end of this. Like, I'm sure a lot of people probably expected that she was just going to mm -hmm. resurrect and return to the land of the living again. You know, at least I, I like that they're kind of savoring that, you know, for now until the, the overall major narrative of the Fall of X storyline, uh, which I think for me is going to keep i mean i i obviously an avid reader but it keeps me intrigued and i i just can't wait to see how immortal x-men now tackles the end of this and what do they do with that um especially with how the next issue is described uh, uh specifically um with gene so no i i mean i i loved it is it perfect no but i mean it's overall i get it and i enjoyed it so Scotty son, where can the folks at home hit you up? Where can they buy your art? Where can they listen to your podcast? Give all the plugs. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, <laughs> You're a busy <laughs> man. Well, I have to say, so right now I don't have my uh, t-shirt uh, site up anymore. I had to take that down. I'm revamping. Uh, I'm working to revamp it. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to. I. That's uh, another story right there. Uh, so, um, but Instagram wise, you can find me at mdbrower81. Uh, I do have a uh, podcast now with uh, a co-host of mine, uh, Booker, um, Talk and Vibe. You can find us on Spotify and uh, Apple, and you can find us there, Talk and Vibe podcast. Um, we've been going on now since June 12th, and we hit 11th episodes. We're still going. Check us out, uh, like, support us, and. Uh, Twitter, well, I still call it Twitter. I know it's X now, like whatever. whatever it's called. Mike at Mike Brower eighty one. That's where you can find me.
Cool. And Familia, what were your thoughts on issue four of Jean Grey? If you're watching this on YouTube, leave them in the comments below. DM us and let us know your feels. And we'll see you guys next time. Tell us.